This is the Wired Up Sports Podcast with Jerry Peralta and Josh Coleman. Hello and welcome back into another episode of the Wired Up Sports Podcast with Jerry and Josh. I am your host, Josh Coleman. Doing it alone today. Jerry is not here. He was feeling a little under the weather this morning, so he was unable to make it to the show. So I asked me and Jerry's other co-host for our, or co-host for our other sports show, Matt Entrican, if he would be willing to uh, come join me for today's episode of Wired Up. And he he said yes. And uh, we're we're very happy to have Matt here today. How are you doing? Doing pretty well, Josh. Uh- First time leaving the the front of the screen, and now I'm uh, now I'm in, uh, behind the uh, mics. Behind the mics. We're not on camera back. this time. Can't see my face. <laughs> it's kind of nice. Don't we gotta worry about how good I look, how good my hair looks. You know? Exactly, and you can have your laptop out. It's kind of nice. I'm so relaxed now. <laughs> Change of pace. Oh, Jerry, we miss you. We hope you are doing okay. Miss you, Jerry. But let's just hop into it. First topic today. And it's kind of a, it's going to be an interesting conversation. He's been the topic of conversation in in the football world for quite some time. And he's really come up again lately with the recent signing of him to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But Matt, how do you think the Antonio project or Antonio Brown project will go in Tampa Bay? Well, in my opinion, I think it's a great move for Tampa Bay. uh, Just for the reason that you're signing him for not very much. And it's a low risk uh, move with a high reward potential. But in my opinion, I think a lot of people out there need to pump the brakes on how great of an effect Antonio Brown can have on uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, a lot of people are saying that this is the move that's going to be the X factor that uh, propulses them to the Super Bowl. And I'm just saying, what evidence have you seen in the past year in his, in his work with the Patriots and, and anywhere else that's going to say that this he it can actually be a contribution. We haven't seen any evidence that we know Antonio Brown is ready to make it back to be an active part of the NFL. That That's a very, very fair point. I'm with you. I think this move is very good by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think that helps them out a fair amount in terms of just making their offense so much more explosive and giving them an extra dimension. But it... It all is dependent on if he can stay um, about the team and not become a locker room issue. Because when Antonio Brown is playing football for the team, he's almost unstoppable. But the second he lets his own ego get involved in uh, the locker room and what he wants to do and he starts complaining about touches, that's when we see things go horribly wrong with Antonio Brown. But throwing him into an offense that already has Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Scotty Miller... Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, and Rob Gronkowski makes makes it somehow more lethal than it already was. It, it This offense kind of reminds me of what the Chiefs are doing. They're just building talent on top of talent. And I know that the Bucs are a little, little injury depleted in their receiving cors, corps, and it's why they made this move. They now have one of the most unguardable wide receiver corps in the league with Evans, who's your big physical receiver to go up and get the ball. Godwin, who can be used in the slot and kind of wherever you need. And now Brown, who can go anywhere you need. I just love the move. And especially because Fournette's kind of coming on in the backfield. 
they can win games however you want, whether it's defensively with their running game or their passing game. They now can beat you in any facet of of the football game. So I, I personally like the move, only if he can, you know, be but, a good teammate. Yeah, absolutely, and I think it's human nature to adapt to the environment around you. And in Tampa Bay, they've already made an environment that makes it so that there is not just one guy who thinks that this is his team. Obviously, you have Tom Brady, but he's a guy who's a great leader, and everybody in that locker room trusts Tom Brady to be that guy for them, and a guy who's not going to be, you know, the, the the cocky, conceited, this is my team, and you guys all work for me. I'm the big boss. But I think that Antonio Brown has been humbled by the last year, and he's going to come into an environment where he knows that he's not the only guy with talent. He's not the only supreme talent in this locker room. You got Gronk, you got Chris Godwin and Mike Evans and a lot of other guys who can do what you do. Maybe you're the best. Maybe you're the best. But you haven't proved that in well over a year. Now it is time to prove what you can do. Can you be a part of the NFL again? Yeah, and if when, when Antonio Brown was with the Steelers, far, far and away was the best wide receiver in the mm-hmm. NFL. If he can get back to kind of what he was with with them and just accept that he may not get the most targets, I think he becomes the best receiver on this team because yes. he can do so many different things. You can put him in different places. And as we saw from his one game with the Patriots, Tom Brady loves to throw him the football. <laughs> yes, yeah. It, he, in his game with, in the last game we saw AB, it was a 43 to nothing win for the New England Patriots. And he led the team in receiving with 46 yards on four receptions, as well as a target. And I believe all of those came on one drive. And then he catch a touchdown too? Yeah, to, yeah. to cap the drive off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so from our very, very small <laughs> sample size, we know Tom Brady likes to throw A.B. A- the ball, and he now has the best wide receivers he's ever had in his career including his tight ends. Cameron Bray isn't the greatest tight end, but he's a good number two for the Bucks. Tom Brady's going to wish he, he left New England earlier. Right. You know, like, all, all these toys. He's going to be like, I should have gotten out of there about 10 years sooner, and I could have <laughs> eight rings. <laughs> you never know, Josh. That, uh, you know, you never know. I just kind of threw a number out there, but <laughs> I think it, it's possible he could have, if he left earlier, he could have had more Super Bowl rings, especially if he went into the Bucks offense three years ago mm. when Evans was still really good. They would have the Bucks would have been pressed more to become better if they had Tom Brady as a quarterback sooner. Yeah, it's definitely hard for an offense to perform when the quarterback keeps giving it back to the defense. Gets <laughs> yeah. confused on uh, which players are wearing which jerseys, but <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's neither here nor there. But <laughs> yeah, but get, getting back to AB is, I think it works well. I think. It, if everything goes according to the Buccaneers' plan, they end up in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I think they're definitely the top dogs, especially with that convincing win over Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. When you win, what was it, 38 to 10? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that it was pretty, that. Pretty convincing. Um, and, you know, you've got a guy who's an unquestionable leader and an unquestionable uh, winner in Tom Brady, and I think nobody in the NFL community will doubt that Tom Brady is a man who can keep Antonio Brown in check. He's been successful with everything else. <laughs> That's true. I, I, Tom Brady is the guy to do so, to keep A.B. in check, just because 
Tom Brady can look at him and say, hey, you want one of these Super Bowl rings? Just be a team player and we can get one. No other quarterback carries the same kind of weight as Tom Brady does, and mm-hmm. you'll you'll fall into line for that man. So I th- I think the other really good thing for for AB in this situation is Bruce Arians isn't a new head coach, and he doesn't have any like new coaches on the staff. They're all OGs in football. <laughs> so I think that with that, the coaching staff has the ability to kind of keep AB in check as well. And Bruce Arians has already kind of set the tone saying he doesn't want to hear complaints about touches because their offense is so talented. But he also said A.B. has looked wonderful in the workouts that he's seen. So I I, I think the Bucks coaching staff can keep him in check, and if they can, sky's the limit. Yeah, and, and the good thing for Antonio Brown to remember, and I think he knows, is that Tampa Bay doesn't need him. Mm-hmm. They don't need him to be on their team for them to be successful, make the playoffs. Uh, when the when AFC NFC Championship get to the Super Bowl, so I think they're set up great for a, an amazing run. Perfect. And moving on to our next topic, going back into Tom Brady's former division, there was a little bit of a shakeup with the Miami Dol- Dolphins as they made Tua Tungavailoa the starter a week ago during their bye week. Does does Tua make this Dolphins offense any better? Is he better than Fitzmagic? Just I I was I was upset with the move and it and it confuses me. Matt, do you think Tua makes this Dolphins offense better? Well, see, Josh, I'm going back and forth here. I was really on the fence with this one. When you put it like that, it's very tough to say, because obviously you have no evidence that he can make the offense better. We've seen it time and time again, quarterbacks that look great in college but don't perform in the NFL. Uh, yes, Joe Burrow's playing well, but he's still not getting the wins. Um, and Justin Herbert looks to be, looks great as well. But that doesn't exclude the examples of Josh Rosen and, and Sam Darnold. Uh, and see, I was on your side here, Josh, and I was mad at the Miami Dolphins. I was sad for Ryan Fitzpatrick when he said that he was heartbroken. Oh, that made my heart hurt. I'm so sad. I was you, so sad. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um and I also refer back to the movie Bull Durham. My man, Kevin Costner, he said, if you're on a winning streak, don't expletive with a winning streak. Don't F with a winning streak. Miami Dolphins are playing well. They're set up to go to the playoffs. They have a pretty good chance. And so you shouldn't mess with the winning streak. But, but my mind has been changed. And I feel that there are a bunch of little reasons to not play Tua this early. You know, you can refer to the injury. You can refer to the man, Aaron Donald, being his first opponent. But with that being said, you know, after he plays Aaron Donald in this rushing attack from from the Rams, everybody else is just going to seem exponentially easier. He's going to be like, NFL ain't so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the two big reasons is that you potentially have a Lamborghini in the garage. And you don't leave the Lamborghini in the garage. And you also had this Lamborghini for a very cheap price because he's on a rookie contract. And you don't want to just leave a man who's on a rookie contract, a guy who a lot of people think can be a Super Bowl champion and a great quarterback in the history of the NFL. You don't leave that man in the garage. No, you you don't. And I'm, I agree with you at some points and I disagree at some points because I'm with you. I think this move was a little... A little early and I really don't like his matchup with Aaron Donald mainly because it just feels like an 
an injury is so possible. Yeah. It's in, uh, it just it concerns me. But I don't, I don't think Tua is going to be a tremendous NFL quarterback. Mm. I, th- my comparison that I kind of gave to him last night while I was making my notes is he's going to be sort of like a, like a Matt Ryan style of quarterback where he's really good, but he's never going to be elite, and he may be able to get you to the Super Bowl, but I don't think he's going to be able to win it at least by himself. He's never going to be good enough to go in like a Tom Brady, and when they need Tom Brady to win the game, he wins the game. I don't think Tua can do that. Well, I don't think he can win the big game. You think he can get them to the Super Bowl but can't win the Super Bowl? Yeah, I think, well, I don't think the Dolphins are going to be in the Super Bowl anytime soon. <laughs> I think that over time, if Brian Flores is able to kind of instill his system and get his guys, I think the defense carries them to that Super Bowl. It's not going to be Tua alone. I just don't think that he, especially if they can keep this offensive line, they don't have the tools in place for him to succeed in a Super Bowl. Now, there's a lot of things that can change. He's a rookie. I could be wrong. And honestly, I'd be kind of happy if he proved me wrong. I would love to see Tua win a Super Bowl after having that devastating injury and then everybody thinking he was going to fall out of the first round and still gets taken at five. Nothing would make me happier than to see him win. I just don't think he will. I also don't see the reason for this move strictly because Ryan Fitzpatrick, yes, he's thrown seven interceptions, but he's got you to three and three sitting in the second seed for the NFC East over a Patriots team who is not looking good. And we'll talk about that later in the show, (laughs) but I'm concerned with how much Tua can accomplish early because it's not like the Dolphins have tremendous weapons on the outside. Devontae Parker, really good. I love the man personally. Oh, he's biasly love him because of fantasy football and him saving my season last year. But Preston Williams is their number two, and he's come on. He's been productive, but he's not what you want for a number two receiver right now. And then Mike Gusecki, good tight end, but is it, they don't have enough weapons offensively for Tua to come in and put up numbers like Justin Herbert, say. That's fair. That's fair. And Tua's also a guy who's used to having a lot around him at Alabama. Uh especially that the track team of wide receivers that he had over there at Alabama, yeah. uh, you know, kind of a uh, an unlimited amount of uh, first round, first and second round picks there catching the ball for him, not to mention. And him. running the ball. Like, and, he's never going to yeah. get that star-studded of an offense. Sorry to cut you off. No, though. no, you're good. And it's just the offensive line, too, <laughs> that Alabama is very infamous for. Uh, so he's used to being protected and used to having people to throw the ball to. And he knows he knows can get open and he knows can can catch the ball. So, and the guys you were mentioned, Mike Gusecki, Preston Williams, aren't exactly big, uh, big names that you would hope your 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 future is throwing to. Mm-hmm. You know, so. And I absolutely agree with you. And that was where I was going to take my next point of this offensive line. Tua's never been able, or Tua's had such a good offensive line that he's never really had to worry about getting the ball out extremely quick every play. He does not have that luxury with this Dolphins team. He's going to have to have a plan when he gets to the line of scrimmage, make sure where pressure's coming from, have a protection plan and an escape plan because he's just not going to get 
three seconds to throw the football. He's going to need to get the ball out quickly, make his reads quickly, and that is what concerns me with him. He's a rookie. They all go through these struggles. Drew Locke is still going through it for the Broncos, and I scream my head off watching every Broncos game. <laughs> and I think that's kind of what's going to happen with Tua is he think he comes in with such high expectations being national championship quarterback, leading Alabama, being great for Alabama. I just think that he's going to come in with a little bit higher expectations for himself than he should, and he's going to try to make too many plays with his arm, and he's going to put the ball in harm's way, and it's going to end up hurting the Dolphins more than helping them. Well, the only person you ever really need to have high expectations for is yourself. Mm -hmm. You're, you are the only one you need to have high expectations for. To be successful, it doesn't matter if Josh and I don't have high expectations for you. If you believe in yourself, that's all that matters. Mm -hmm. But but I want to go back to the point you were talking about when when this uh, the offensive line breaks down. And you got to think that the first time he rolls to his left and his blind side he knows somebody's coming behind him. You got to know that that is going to be a significant mental block for him when it comes to rolling out of the pocket. Can he can he still make an accurate throw? Can he throw the ball without looking behind his shoulder trying trying to look and see who's right behind him? Is his hip going to shatter, you know? And what happens when he gets sacked for the first time cuz it's going to happen. It's it will happen. How is he going to react to that? And what happens when he throws his first interception? It's going to be like the little things for Tua and how he reacts to getting beaten down and broken and failing a little bit. It's going to be how he responds to that. And that we're going to have to wait and see till Sunday at the very least and then probably some, some weeks after that so we can get a good estimation on how good Tua will be in the NFL. But when we come back... We will be talking about the only undefeated team left in the NFL, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and when will they lose and how far can they go this season? Make sure to stick around. We'll be right back. Alrighty, we are back and ready to get back into some more sports talk, some conversation of the sports ball, as my former editor-in-chief would call it. But, Matt, Pittsburgh Steelers, they are, they're looking like one of the best teams in the NFL right now. They're the only undefeated team left sitting at 6-0. and They're the one seed in the the AFC. My question is, when do you think that they will lose their first game? And then on the flip side, how far do you think this Steelers team can go? Is it playoffs, Super Bowl? What 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 are you thinking? Well, I definitely think the Pittsburgh Steelers got the stones to take on the Kansas City Chiefs and potentially make it to the Super Bowl. But here's going to be my bold prediction. The Pittsburgh Steelers are going to go at least... 14 and 2 this season. The schedule they got is not that tough. They got two more against the Baltimore Ravens and they got one against the Cleveland Browns. And I'm kind of got a feeling that the Cleveland Browns might hand them a loss at some point when they come up to them next. I know that sounds bold, 
Stay with me here. Though. I was actually with you. Are you? Yeah. Okay, you were giving me a look. No, I'm actually with you there. Okay. Okay, because ah, I think that Cleveland Browns team is hungry. And you know what? All streaks are meant to end. I know they've lost, like, what, 17 games in a row to the Steelers? <laughs> yeah, they haven't won in in years. They haven't beat the Steelers in a while. Streaks are meant to be broken, and this is definitely the Cleveland Brown teams to do it. Uh, but, yeah, like I said, there's a lot to love about these Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, I mean, he looks good. He's a great leader. He's been showing that he can still win football games and be the guy for the Pittsburgh Steelers that can take him to the promised land and get his second Super Bowl. Uh, but, yeah, I think that they can be the team. They are the team that can make it to the Super Bowl. I'm with you there. I'm, I'm wholeheartedly in agreement with you. There's only four games on their schedule left for the Steelers that they really have a good shot of losing. Both games against the Ravens, one this week and then in week 12, the Bills in week 14, and then the Browns in week 17. They could lose to the Colts week 16, but that one, the way the Steelers are looking, I'm thinking that is less and less likely to happen. I think Ben Roethlisberger is a lot less likely to lose a week 16 game than uh, Phillip Rivers is. Yes, yes, I would agree with you. And 17, depending on what they look like, week 17 with the Browns, they may end up losing that game just because they don't, have to play anybody they may just rest everybody so that'll be an interesting one but the the thing for me with this Steelers team it's all going to to depend on their wide receivers health Juju Smith-Schuster and Deontay Johnson have both been a little banged up this season dealing with some lower body soft tissue injuries and it allowed the emergence of Chase Claypool Mm -hmm. and Don't get me wrong, Claypool is a very good receiver and he can make a big impact on this team. But his touches and overall targets will go down if Juju and Deontay Johnson are healthy. I say that because if we remember Claypool's big game, the one he really came busted onto the scene with, both those guys were dealing with injuries. Whether they were on the field or not, they weren't 100%. And it allowed him to kind of break the door open and give Mike Tomlin some more film of him just balling out. The other thing it depends on is Big Ben. And I only say that he's playing really well, but he needs to throw more touchdowns. And I know that's a lot easier (laughs) said than done. But I don't think he's taking shots like we're used to Big Ben taking down the field. And if he can start doing that again, one, the Steelers offense becomes more deadly because... Their run game is doing really well, and it will keep defenses on their toes. They either have to creep up and defend the run or step back and defend the pass. And Big Ben can torch them either way. So that's what I I think I'm with you as well with the Steelers. I think they can make the Super Bowl. The Chiefs are the only really one of the teams standing in their way, and I think that game, if it is the AFC Championship, is a shootout. Ooh. Now, that would be a game for the ages. Uh, you are right, though, Josh. Um, ben Roethlisberger, he should start throwing some more touchdowns. Exactly what I was thinking for Drew Locke. I was thinking that would really help No, Drew Locke too. just needs to be smarter with a football. <laughs> well, I think every quarterback in the NFL should probably start throwing more touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's the deep shots that he... Because you remember Big Ben, A.B., they ran down the field almost exclusively. Like, A.B. was catching 15-yard passes on the regular. 
and then breaking him for another 15 or more yards with his legs. But Big Ben's not really pushing the ball down the field. You, you hear what I'm saying? Yeah, you get you, you get me? Tired, he's protecting it. I'm cool if he's protecting yeah, yeah, it I mean, and just saving it for later in the season. But I hear you. I hear you. Well, going back to your point about the um, the receivers that Big Ben's got, I think it's a good problem to have, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you've got guys that you know can catch the ball and be productive or uh, pre- be productive uh, catching the football. Uh, I think Chase Claypool can be a great player for years to come. I really like what he's bringing to the table. And, uh, you know, the other guys, Juju Smith-Schuster and, and Deontay Johnson, I mean, staying healthy is not the easiest thing to do, especially in this this season with everything that's going on. It seems like people are dropping like flies. Quicker. Especially lower body, too. That seems yeah. like a lot of the receiver injuries this year. Yeah, yeah, and exactly why the reason uh, – NFL players would prefer to get hit high than get hit low. Um, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, still will be able to be viable even if Juju Smith uh, and or Deontay Johnson happen to fall out uh, one more time or so. I mean, keep one or the other, though, and I think they're in great shape. you got to have two dominant weapons on your team to be successful and to, to, uh, to make a run. Um deep into the playoffs you're absolutely right as long as two of them can stay healthy whether it's Deontay Johnson and Claypool or just a mix of the three as long as they have two options I think they're really in a good spot especially because Eric Ebron who I'm not the biggest fan of but I'm not like his biggest hater I he's really good but he's inconsistent but he's been playing pretty well for the Steelers so far he's fourth he fourth on the team in receiving and he's broke 200 yards and the thing that I think is going to be key at least for the offense is going to be James Conner because when the Steelers offense was really potent with Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown it was because you had to respect the ground game as well and Lev Bell is probably a better pass catcher than James Conner is but James Conner's still good and reliable out of the backfield he's just not a receiver basically which is where you can run Le'Veon Bell at but their overall offense is looking like it was it would two to three years ago when they were explosive and really dangerous and they have a really good defense as well they oh, yeah. have eight guys who've registered just a sack and TJ Watt leads them with five and a half now that's almost almost a full sack a game five and a half he's just half a sack from being one sack a game average deadly man and then their defensive backs unit is tremendous tremendous i love their unit in the in the secondary and they've been causing turnovers at a high rate i believe if i can find it in my notes they've picked off eight passes and then forced um three fumbles as well so they're causing turnovers but they're stopping defenses they're doing a great job of just preventing a ton of scoring overall like their highest amount of points they've given up this year is 29 granted it was to the eagles (laughs) but that's pretty solid considering they've had some tough games playing the browns already and smoking them in their first matchup 38 to 7 and then the titans 
that was a big win for them. I think that propels them into this week with a 27-24 win, partially because of the defense and Goskowski really, mm-hmm. really shanked it. It just drifted on him, the, the his field goal. But the Steelers have all of the pieces to be a Super Bowl winning team. It's just if they can continue to execute and pick up on the, the momentum that they have already built this season. Yeah, sustainability, I think that's always the question for a lot of NFL teams and definitely an older team in, in the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, but they do got, got all the pieces. They have all the pieces. I really like the additions of of Eric Ebron and, and Chase Claypool has been a great piece, as we've been saying. And you already know you got Big Ben, a guy who deals with pressure well, a guy who can be great in the big moment. So, um, and, and I when, going back to your point about the, taking the ball away, I think that's going to be the deciding factor in this Sunday's game against Baltimore. Can you take the ball away from the young and naive Lamar Jackson and cause him to make mistakes, which hasn't uh, proved to be too difficult, but I think nevertheless still the key. The Ravens will be hungry. Steelers are ready, and that's going to be a great game. Yeah, that's actually, I think, going to be one of the best games this weekend. I think it's going to be... I love Steelers versus Ravens. It's going to be such a good game. It One, it's one of the most fun rivalries to watch. Mm-hmm. But two, the defenses that are going to be playing against... It's either... There's not going to be an in-between. It's either going to be really low scoring or absolutely ridiculously high scoring. <laughs> There's going to be no in-between. And uh, I think if, to your point, if the Steelers can cause some turnovers, make Lamar Jackson uncomfortable, which this season hasn't been incredibly difficult because he has not looked the same that he did last year. I think the Steelers win this game, especially if they can cause at least one turnover. Yeah, I think the Steelers are definitely the favorite. They've got more of the momentum going for them. A lot of things are working right for the Steelers and not a lot of things are working right for uh, the Baltimore Ravens, especially when you look at Lamar Jackson, how much he has regressed in nearly every statistical category this year. But with that being said... We know Lamar Jackson. We know who he is and what he's capable of. And Steelers better be wise to guard him carefully. Absolutely. The Steelers are going to have to pay attention to Lamar Jackson, make sure that he stays in the pocket and is unable to beat them with his legs because once he gets that going, it's much harder to defend him because then you have to defend two different styles. Basically, you got to defend the pass. And he throws a decent deep ball. But he scares you with his legs and what he can do and then how it picks up the other running backs that he's with. So if they can keep that in check, they should be able to win. But we will be right back with our next conversation of can the New England Patriots get back on track or will this be the first time they miss the playoffs in 12 years? Make sure to stay right here as we'll be right back in about a minute. Two minutes. I really like this song, Matt. I mean, this song is a banger. Yeah, it it's getting me going. I got to drive home to Denver after this, and I may actually have to ask Jerry where he found that song. <laughs> we got to put... Put that on Spotify Q. <laughs> but our last topic of the day is it was one where I'm actually really excited for this topic because 
we're either gonna agree on this or we're gonna argue. And it's there's gonna be no in between here, I don't think. I'm excited. Oh, me too. But can the Patriots, the New England Patriots, get back on track, or will this be the first time they miss the playoffs in twelve years? They're two and four right now, third in the AFC East, behind the Dolphins and the Bills. Two teams they haven't seen in front of them in probably a good 20 years. Yeah, see, Josh, I, I have a feeling I know where you're going with this one. But see, let me back up a little bit. I have some pet peeves in my life. They include Mexican restaurants that don't give tortilla chips for free. Okay. They I was also like... include res- uh, uh, rompers. Rompers are another pet peeve of mine. I just think they're stupid. Okay, that's fair. That's neither here nor there. Let's get back. Uh, let's get back on focus. Uh, anyway, <laughs> and my other pet peeve is how in the NFL and in sports in general we change our mind so quick about a team or a player from a week to week basis. Everybody was saying just a couple weeks ago when the Patriots barely lost to the Seattle Seahawks that they were they're a great team. They can be, make a run in the playoffs. You know, they were only you're just a few feet away from beating the Seattle Seahawks, the team who everybody thinks is a Super Bowl contender. And now, because of Cam Newton not playing great, the Patriots not playing great, uh, just on a two-game losing streak, we've lost all faith in them. And we think all, all of a sudden we're saying they're a terrible team. Uh, yes, they don't have a lot of great offensive weapons. Uh, Nikhil Harry is not the best wide receiver in the world but they're still the New England Patriots. They are still the Darth Vader of the NFL. And they still got the GOAT head coach on their side, Bill Belichick, calling the shots. You don't think Bill Belichick's going to let his team have a losing record this season? What, what do you think? You're going to go 4-12? You think Bill Belichick's going to go 4-12? No. No chance. No. No. Cam Newton... Everybody thought was on pace to have a great comeback, be comeback player of the year, and I still think he can do it. We don't know how coronavirus affected him. How much does that affect his physical abilities after recovering from it? How much does a layoff like that affect your game? I mean, you're, was he not able to do any football activities for two weeks? I uh, don't believe so. Hey, yeah, I mean, two weeks, you know, that's... Christmas break, that's spring break. You know, you're not able to work out with the team, throw passes. I mean, that takes an effect on you. We were all talking about how much of an effect the preseason was going to have on players. I mean, talk about the coronavirus effect. It's only been two games. I know Cam Newton has looked bad, but he acknowledges it. He's a competitor, and he's a guy who you know is fired up and ready to make a comeback. Okay, so I we're not too far off. I don't... I think the Patriots can get back on track, but I do think they missed the playoffs. And it's not going to be entirely because they just weren't able to get the wins. It's because they're already on the outside looking in for the playoffs, and the teams who are in front of them don't really look like they're going to slow down anytime soon. And the Patriots' schedule down the stretch is not an easy one. They have arguably one of the tougher schedules in the league coming down the stretch. In week eight, they play the Bills. So this week, they got the Bills. Week 10, they got the Ravens. Then the Texans, Cardinals, Chargers, 
Rams, and then they finish with the Dolphins week 15 and the Buc- and the Bills again in s- week 16 before the Jets in their final week. I don't think... I think they win some of those games, but in order to get into the playoffs, they're going to have to beat the Bills at least one of those times. The Ravens, they're going to have to realistically win six of these kind of eight, nine weeks. I don't. I just don't think that they can beat those really good teams consistently enough because they don't have enough on offense. Their defense is good enough to get them into the playoffs, but their offense is, is looking lackluster. I will say Cam Newton has the second highest completion percentage of his career right now <laughs> with 67.2. He just hasn't eclipsed a thousand yards passing yet and he's only thrown two inter- two touchdowns and seven interceptions he he's concerning me right now with his passing ability but to your point we don't really know how much covid impacted him or affected him so he he's got a good chance to get on back on track i just don't think they make the playoffs because they have a very tough schedule down the stretch two things though <clears throat> The trade line, trade deadline has not passed yet. <laughs> and that means that the Patriots still can acquire some offensive pieces. They could look into trading a guy like Stephon Gilmore and try to get themselves an offensive weapon. I was talking about that with my brother last night, actually, saying Broncos make it happen. <laughs> that would be cool. That would be nice. Possible, maybe. And number two, you got to remember expanded playoffs. And all you need to do is get yourself a spot in the playoffs to make a run. We don't know what's going to happen in the next eight weeks. You know, it's still early in this season. Cam Newton is still trying to find his rhythm with the New England Patriots. We thought that they were already getting off to a hot start there in the beginning when they started off great. And they were, in my opinion, thought they were in better shape than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They were looking a little bit more fluid than they were. So... It's still early. Cam Newton and the Patriots still have time. And with the extra spots in the playoffs, I think I would be shocked if if uh, we get out of this football season and the New England Patriots aren't in the, aren't in the playoff picture. I, w- I would be shocked, too. The only reason I don't think... I think it's going to be harder for them to get back into the playoff picture is because the AFC North has three teams that are realistically going to be in the playoffs, but all three sitting at 5-2 and two or above. The AFC South has the Titans and the Colts. Colts are 4-2 and two right now. They're not looking great, but they're not looking bad. And then the Raiders have been the surprise team in the AFC, and I think they actually steal one of the wild card spots. And so I think if two of them come from the AFC North and then the Raiders steal a wild card, the Patriots have to win the division. And the Bills right now are looking much better than the Patriots. So that was kind of my thinking, the reasoning that they're going to miss the playoffs. It's not, I think they're going to miss it by like a game. It's going to be a narrow margin, but I just don't think they can get back into the race. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. You know, and quite frankly, though, I trust Bill Bill Belichick and the (laughs) Patriots more than I trust the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills. I would agree with you on the Dolphins. And we'll, we'll... you, you trust the Bills more than you trust the Patriots? Not more, but I trust the Bills to not fully just catastrophically end their season. 
I just think that the Bills have a better chance to kind of continue playing at a high level and and say 12 and 4, 10 and 6 somewhere in that area and for the Patriots to finish there, they have to win eight more games to even get to 10 wins and then they have to lose 10 more or two more. I I just, for them to go 10 and 2 down the stretch, a lot of things are going to have to change for this Patriots team. I don't think they got to be 10 and 6 to to make the playoffs either. Like I said, it's still early. You still don't know how great some of these teams are. Uh, and so I think you can get by on 9-7. I think the Patriots are more than capable of making that happen. They might be able to get by on 9-7. and seven. It's just going to be harder because even then, to get to 9-7, and seven, still have to win seven games. Patriots are the best at that. They are, but with their schedule, it doesn't lend to them going 9-7. and seven. Mm-hmm. They have to beat the Bills this week or in week 16. And then Baltimore, I don't think they win that game unless Lamar Jackson just continues to not know how to really... Well, not. I'm not going to say that. If Lamar Jackson continues to kind of be inconsistent, I don't think they win that game. Houston, it's possible. I think that's actually going to be a pretty good game. The Cardinals, I don't think they win that game. Chargers, possible. Rams, I think they lose. And then somehow they're going to find a way to lose to the the Jets once or the Dolphins once. It's just the way the Patriots are. If the Patriots lose to the Jets, I don't think they deserve to be in the playoffs. But I would agree with you. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think the Cardinals still have a lot of question marks. I don't fully trust them to, to sustain that level of play that they've been holding up recently. Uh, I do. I do, do trust them. Their defenses look pretty know? good. And... While it's Kyler Murray and he's a little inconsistent, he's never had a target like DeAndre Hopkins, who then opens up Christian Kirk, and then Larry Fitzgerald is still a god underneath. And, yeah, so I trust them, and I do think the Patriots lose that game. Yeah, Week 12, Cardinals win. It's, it's, it's tough. I mean, Cardinals certainly looking better, but we'll have to uh, cross that bridge when we get there, Josh. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. Um, that is... All I had to say on this topic, though, are you, you got any final points there, Matt? You know what, Josh? Thank you for having me. It was a ton of fun being up here on the Wired Up Sports, Co- Sp- the Wired Up Sports Podcast. Hope to, have, hope to be back soon. Perfect. Thank you so much to everybody listening today to the, this episode of the Wired Up Sports Podcast with Jerry and Josh. Again, I'm your host, Josh Coleman. Jerry, we missed you. We hope to see you soon. Matt, thank you so much for joining me. I had a ton of fun today. And I hope we can get you back into the studio sometime soon. I would love it. Thanks for having me. Jerry, feel free to uh, stay sick if you would like. That's fine with me. <laughs> no, no, we need you back here ASAP. Yeah, we're real ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode of Wired Up. Have a great rest of your day.